great state of Louisiana. Today is going to be Friday, March 30th. Only one more day left. Nope, that's not right. It's Thursday, March 30th. Um, tomorrow is Friday, the last day of the month, which is usually a perfect storm in the real estate world that I live in, but I've got a few extra minutes today. So uh, I am going to put off the Explore the Card episode until next Friday. Today, I'm going to do something interesting. Uh, recently, maybe a month ago, I started reading about how to post polls on YouTube. I'm old, so I'm just learning new stuff each each day as a, a content creator. And so I've started putting a poll up pretty much every single Monday. So Every Monday, I've got a reminder to put a nice little poll up on my Cajun Cardboard YouTube channel. And uh, it's gotten a lot of traction, a lot of votes, like hundreds of votes. And so it's not a small sample size. So we're going to talk through some of the polls. I'm just going to screen share. We're going to talk through the polls and the results. And some of it's surprising. Some of it's very predictable uh, based on the target audience of my channel. But uh, we'll start with the oldest, which is uh, it's about a month ago I posted a poll. And then we'll look through um, all of the polls that I've posted since then and the results and just kind of talk through it real quick. So nothing crazy, nothing sexy today. Just looking at some poll results and, uh, and talking through it. So the first poll that I posted, as you can see down here, we're again starting in reverse chronological order. Um, or I guess we're starting in chronological order with the oldest to the newest. Uh, which player is the GOAT? It's real simple. I didn't put a bunch of if this, but this, asterisk this, based on this, whatever. You know, you determine your own criteria. This is an argument that is going to be unavoidable for the remainder of my lifetime for sure and even probably the lifetime of some of the younger viewers on here um, just because of uh, recency bias and and uh, age and nostalgia and all the things that go with it. Um, not surprisingly, on my heavily Jordan-centric channel, the results were 89% Jordan, 11% LeBron James, but it was really cool because we got 266 votes. And of course, you can click on here and look at the comments and um, you know, people can try to explain why LeBron or why Jordan. Uh, I got one person who's like, was this a serious question? It's not even a debate. How is this even a question? I mean, these people are probably dropping my channel just because I posed the question. I was just curious um, because it seems like there is a pretty large faction uh, out there despite LeBron's recent struggles and injury issues and, and apparent, you know, apparently the window might be closing on him. I don't want to say for sure, but it might be closing on him getting another ring. Um, I didn't think the disparity would be this big. I was thinking 70-30, but that's 89-11. So uh, pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting stuff right there. Um, going back, how do we go back? Where am I? Here we go. Okay, so uh, moving on. The next poll that I posted was, uh, I think, the next week, and it said, hypothetically, this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, hypothetically, would a healthy Michael Jordan sit out the very next game after he broke the NBA career scoring record and give a pregame speech while his teammates fight for a playoff spot. And this got a lot of votes and a lot of traction and a lot of comments. And of course, this was sort of a leading question, as they call that in the uh, in the legal field. Like, you know, when you're cross-examining witnesses, you ask leading questions, which are, you know, questions that can only be answered with a yes or no because you want to contain, uh, you know, um, I shouldn't say, um, yeah, like when you're uh, cross-examining a witness, you want to kind of contain that witness because generally the testimony they're giving is on behalf of the other party's case. And so you want to kind of put the reins on that and control their answers. And so you ask leading questions um, where basically the attorney's testifying and the witness is just saying yes or no to everything the attorney says, but the attorney already knows what the answer has to be based on the evidence. That's sort of what this question is, right? So I led everybody down the path of, of course not, 92% to eight, no surprise there, just sort of a tongue in cheek poll. Next is who would win in a fight to the death 
cage match, no rules. Literally rip eyeballs out, rip off testicles, uh, bite people, kill pe everything. Anything you can possibly think of. Two men enter, one man leave. Of course, that's a reference to the great Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, one of the ultimate cinematic masterpieces of, uh, of my generation, featuring the great Tina Turner and Mel Gibson as uh, Mad Max and a bunch of weird little Australian kids as uh, in the movie as well. But uh, who would win in a fight to the death? No rules at all. Ron Artest and Ben Wallace. I've had this argument over and over like my whole life. Me and my good friend that comes on the channel, Coach Jonathan Pixley, argue about this. I think Ron Artest would kill any other man that ever stepped in a cage with him. Uh, but uh, it looks like my viewers disagree. They went with the big Ben Wallace, the four-time Defensive Player of the Year Hall of Famer Ben Wallace over Ron Artest. Maybe they didn't know who Ron Artest was because they refer to him now as Meta World Peace. I probably should have amended the poll to change the answer to Ron Artest slash Meta World Peace. I don't know if it would have changed the results, but I can't possibly disagree anymore with this. Ron Artest has just a touch of crazy in him to where I don't think there's anything he wouldn't do to walk out of that cage. If there's one man leaving, it would be Ron Artest. So I just disagree with this. Um, the next poll was the current state of the NBA All-Star Game. So I posted this the morning after, if I recall, the NBA All-Star Game, which was, honestly, nobody's a bigger fan of the NBA than me and, and a lot of you guys that watch this channel. And it's gotten to the point where it's absolutely unbearable. It, it cannot be watched. It, it causes me anxiety to see how silly it is and how silly it's become. Uh, it is, uh, I think, to quote most observers, a layup line. And uh, MVP, All-Star MVP means nothing anymore. Winning the All-Star game means nothing anymore. They have to figure out a way to incentivize some amount of effort. Um, I'm not sure what that is, but there are ways. Money's always a great incentive. Um, so there are always ways to incentivize that game. It's one more game where the world is begging uh, to see the best players play against each other in a competitive environment which really doesn't exist anymore. I mean, the closest thing we ever see to the All-Star Game are the Olympics, uh, and then it's usually, uh, you know, there's only three or four teams, and it's not the best of the best all in one place. This brings the whole world's most elite talent onto one court, but we don't get to really see them play basketball, and that's just a shame. Um, so uh, the current state of the NBA All-Star Game is the options were better than ever. Somebody must have accidentally clicked that. 3% out of 197 votes, so that's what, uh, like one vote, two votes? Uh, just fine, it's still entertaining, 16%, and then the overwhelming agree with me, uh, unwatchable due to lack of effort. They gotta do something to fix it. So if you've got some ideas, let me know in the comments. What, what are your ideas on how to fix this? Obviously, I think money incentives is the way to do it. That's really, you know, I don't know what else you could do. I mean, you playoff seating or home court advantage, you could do something like that. I think the Major League Baseball All-Star Game awarded World Series home field advantage. I don't know if they still do that because I don't watch baseball, but they awarded it to a winner of the All-Star Game, whichever league won it. But now the All-Star Game, they have a draft. Go back to East and West, man. Go back to East and West. I think that when you eliminated the conference divisions like East versus West, I think you eliminated some of the competitive nature of it. And so we've just gradually uh, eroded any competitive aspect of the All-Star game. Next poll was, all things considered, is the hobby better overall than it was pre-pandemic? And I asked this a couple of weeks ago, so the, the question is still pertinent today. Is the hobby a better place than it was before 2020, uh, that summer with the last dance and with COVID and with the entrance of all the new flippers and all the sneakerheads that came over and all the Gary V disciples and all the people my age 
who went back and found their old junk wax era cards in their parents' house because they had all this time. Uh, is it better now than it was then? I, I agree. I think it is better. I think it was a, uh, a necessary... I don't want to say it, was, well, it wasn't necessary. It was a perfect storm, which we will never experience again. It resulted in a price spike, which we will never experience, never, ever, ever experience a as drastic a rise in demand in such a short time period. I do think that there will be a growth in demand in the hobby over the next two, three, five, ten years. And I think Fanatics will be a big part of that. I am an optimistic person, as you guys know from watching my channel. I do think that the demand will grow, but it'll never grow it's inorganically as it did during that short 18 month window and cause prices to go to hell and back. It's not going to do that. Um, but I think it is better. I think there's more infrastructure. I think, uh, the con artists and the scammers and the, you know, the day flippers and the day traders and the people that were only in it for the money, I think have come in and bounced. Not all, but I think a lot have. And I think now, uh, some of those guys that were only in it for the money have turned into some of the most passionate collectors that I know. Um, I, I mean, I'll tell you this, I went from being primarily investor uh, oriented to significantly more collector oriented now. Uh, that, that's just me. Uh, right now I am in the process and I'm, I'm like deep into the process. I've sold thousands of cards on PWCC, eBay through Probstein, eBay through myself, Instagram, uh, all over the place to... Uh, liquidate, build a war chest, and buy cards that I love that I have no intention of selling. None. Zero. No intention. I am literally, strictly hyper-focused on growing my collection. Very, very rarely do I go buy a big card. Now, I will buy raw cards that I think I can clean, grade, and then sell for profit to reinvest the money, but it's not like I'm taking the money and going and buying sneakers or going and buying comic books or or going to clubs or whatever. I am putting every single dollar that I get out of the hobby right back into the hobby because I can't stop doing it, uh, but I'm selling cards that I like to buy cards that I love, and I'm doing it on a humongous scale, like thousands of cards. So uh, I'm an example of a person that came in. So to answer the question, I think there's a lot of reasons the hobby is better. I think we're learning from our mistakes and we made some, right? And I say we because I'm part of this hobby too. Um, you know, maybe there was too many grading companies and that's being kind of fixed. Uh, and I think some of these other grading companies are going to fall by the wayside. I think maybe there's too many auction platforms. No offense to PWCC or Golden or Heritage or Robert Edwards or Mahai or fill in the blank. Um, there's... You know, there's a vault war going on right now. There's uh, a hobby data pricing software slash tool war going on right now. And I think competition is good, but I think it can get to the point where it's going to be prohibitive to new entrants to the hobby if they can't figure out what cards to buy or where to price their cards or where to buy the cards, for God's sakes, or where to sell the cards. If there's just Sometimes there's just too much, uh, and too much is not always better. So, But all things considered, I do think it's better. I think we went through a cleansing process, and I think there's more people in the hobby now, and especially more knowledgeable people in the hobby today than there was in that summer of 2020 post-COVID. Uh, next, who is coming out of the Eastern Conference playoffs? This was two weeks ago, so uh, a little bit's changed since then. But Bucks number one, not surprisingly, Celtics number two. If we'd have asked this question in, say, January, before the All-Star break, I guarantee you more people would have answered Celtics. But the correct answer is Bucks. I think the Bucks have the best chance. They're healthy right now. Last night, Drew Holiday went 51-8-8 on 20-for-30 shooting, and he didn't even have the best game. Giannis was like... 15 of 18 for 
31, 17, and 12 or something stupid. Those two guys without Chris Middleton uh, and without Porter's doing too much uh, just absolutely wrecked the opponent, um, the Pacers, I believe. So the Bucks look to be cruising to that number one seed. That's going to give them home, home court advantage. The Celtics are in disarray right now. Part of it's injuries uh, with Robert Williams and uh, some of those folks trying to figure it out. Part of it is Marcus Smart is terrible, and they're trying to figure out where he actually fits uh, and again, I've said this many times, the fact that he was the defensive player of the year last year was an absolute freaking joke, and it's a, it was an indefensible vote, and there's just no way on earth anybody thinks he's a better defender than Drew Holiday. Uh, and I, I wouldn't have put him in the top 10 defenders in the league last year, to be quite honest with you, but somehow he was the defensive player of the year, and I'm not really sure. Uh, he's only the second point guard in the history of the award to win it. Gary Payton was the other. And uh, for Marcus Smart to be in the same conversation as Gary Payton is uh, preposterous and insulting to Gary Payton. Uh, some people believe in the Sixers, and I believe that number is probably going up. I'm sure a lot of people voted two weeks ago. That's the team that probably would make the biggest jump in the percentage result here. Um, and then the Cavs is the fourth team. And then my last option, of course, was none of the above because I'm drunk and I can't think straight. So uh, some people were probably drunk, or maybe they thought it was one a team other than those four. But it looks like those are the four teams uh, with the Heat being a concern, the Bulls being a concern. But, I mean, they may win a series, but they ain't winning three series against the teams on that list, those top four teams, that's for sure. So, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs in that order. The West is where it gets a little shakier, right? Um, Suns, Nuggets, Kings, Clippers. I chose those four teams. Uh, I think Suns, Nuggets, Kings, I chose because I think those three, you know, the Kings have the second best record, uh, I think, second or third. <clears throat> and then I think the Suns and the Nuggets are the most likely based purely on talent. Uh, and, of course, the Nuggets have the best record. It's not close. And then I grouped everybody else together. This surprised me that everybody, uh, that the others getting votes section got 33%. Nobody could believe the Blazers because they're not going to make it. The Pels are, may make the play in. Uh, surely nobody thinks the Mavs. Nobody on earth thinks the Timberwolves, although they've been playing really, really well of late, and it looks like they're going to push their way into the playoffs. Um, so I'm assuming this is, and I put Lakers twice on here because I was probably uh, drunk and could not think straight, uh, but I got Lakers, Grizzlies, Warriors. I'm guessing that's where the bulk of this 33% comes from. Uh, nobody believes the Clippers, and again, this was pre-Paul George injury. They're saying he's coming back. Paul George is not coming back. That dude's season is over, and the Clippers' season is over. They have no chance whatsoever, even though they got a massive, massive win last night behind uh, a Russell Westbrook going 5-for-5 five five from three-point range. I bet that hasn't happened in his entire career. I'm going to bet in his entire career he's never gone 5-for-5 five five or better from the three-point line, but it happened last night, and they got a big win. Um Kings, nobody's believing yet. Nobody's lighting the beam on the Kings yet in the playoffs. And uh, <laughs> first playoff <coughs> first playoff series in decades, <laughs> they just don't think they're going to come in and win. Uh, that's fine. They don't play any defense, but they do play a lot of offense. Uh, I would, if I had to put money on it right now, given that Kevin Durant came back last night on uh, Wednesday, March 29th and played, I would put my money on the Suns. Uh, but the Nuggets would be a very, very, very close second. After those two teams, y'all are going to think I'm crazy here. I would skip over the Kings. I would skip over the Clippers. 
And if I had to bet money, I would bet it on the Lakers. I know that sounds crazy. You guys know I'm down on the Grizzlies. I don't believe in them at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I would bet on the Lakers. I know that sounds crazy, and it's like banging your head against the wall because you're always like, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, if they're healthy. The Lakers, as currently constructed, with the starting lineup that they have right now with D'Angelo Russell, Reeves, uh, LeBron, Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis, that is not the same Lakers team for the first four months of the season. This is a totally different team and they've got a little bit of depth. They've got a little bit of athleticism. They got a, a few more guys that can uh, create shots for others. And Vanderbilt checks a lot of boxes in the Draymond Green, uh, Dylan Brooks slash Marcus Smart, uh, just dirty man category, right? Uh, amazing rebounder, great, versatile, switchable defender, huge effort guy, no drama. Uh, the Lakers, if healthy, and again, that's with the LeBron and AD always having an asterisk lately. Um, I would put the Lakers third. Suns and Nuggets is tough, but I'm going to go Suns just because I think Durant's one of the three best players on earth. And yes, you could say the same thing for Jokic probably, uh, but Durant's been there and done that, and Jokic has. It's just that simple. And uh, the Suns' second best player is Devin Booker, who is significantly better than Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. And so that's where I put it. And, uh, and from a defensive standpoint, I think the Suns are probably a better defensive team um, as well. Even though uh, Chris Paul's old, you know, Chris Paul's a better defender than Jamal Murray. Uh, Booker's not an elite defender, but Aiton's a good defender. Uh, Durant's an exceptional defender, especially in a playoff series where he locks in. So uh, that would be my answer. Uh, the next question was, who is going to win MVP and who should win MVP? This was 10 days ago. So this was before Embiid chose to sit out the game against the Nuggets. Embiid just said, you know what, I'm going to take this one off. I I got the vibe, and Embiid's not ever shown a history of avoiding confrontation or a challenge or anything like that. He, he has failed, obviously, to win a title, but it's not failing from a lack of trying. He's never pulled a disappearing act like, say, a James Harden or somebody like that. He, if he fails in the playoffs, he's 6 for 21. He's not, you know, 2 for 5, right? And so it seemed out of character for Embiid to sit to avoid this potential matchup, especially given that he lit Jokic's ass up the last time they played. Uh, a lot of people took the posture that, well, he thinks he's got the MVP in the bag. There's nothing to gain. It's a lose-lose if they, you know, no matter what, because he already whipped Jokic's ass once. So I'm going to sit this one out and Harden sat it out. And so uh, I, I don't know where I stand on that. I'm going to give Embiid the benefit of the doubt because he's never shown a history of being a uh, what's the word? What's the euphemism for? Uh, let's just say he's never he's never shown a propensity for being soft, right? And you can say what you want about him, but he's never shied away from the spotlight or the challenge. So my options were someone other than Jokic or Embiid will win MVP. Giannis can't do it. He just he's just missed too many games, and he's <clears throat> he hasn't missed a long stretch. A long stretch of games in a row, but he'll play three and miss one. He'll play four and sit one. He'll play two and sit one, then two and then sit, and then two and then sit. And it's he's managing that right knee uh, swelling, uh, which does give me a little bit of concern as a Bucks fan. But uh, So my options were Jokic will win it and Jokic should win it. That's 45%. The next highest vote was Embiid will and Embiid should. And then, uh, then I had the, the reverse for each one of these. Jokic will, but Embiid should, and Embiid will, but Jokic should. <clears throat> and I think Embiid will, but Jokic should would be my vote. Uh, I think Embiid's gonna win it from voter, um, you know, 
just from voter fatigue uh, of giving it to Jokic two years in a row. At one point, Jokic was so far ahead of Embiid and everybody else, and Tate, it was really it was Tatum and Anthony Davis, and everybody was in the MVP race. I remember doing videos about it about three or four months into the season, and then injuries kind of separated everybody. Right, Durant fell because of injuries. Giannis started sitting too much. Curry got injured. Uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell's kind of just for some reason off everybody's radar. Tatum started to play poorly. And so uh, it became a Jokic and Embiid two-man race with Giannis on the outside looking in, but really he's probably sitting too much. Um, but he would definitely be third in the MVP race. And then, Yo and then Doncic's team just sucks, and so Doncic has no chance to get it. So uh, ultimately it came down to Jokic and Embiid. I think Embiid's going to win it, but I think Jokic deserves it. That's just where I sit. Let me know in the comments what you think about that. Uh, who will be the NBA Defensive Player of the Year? I ask this because this keeps flip-flopping. Uh, this is, this is, there's some serious uncertainty here, and I haven't looked at Vegas odds or FanDuel or anything like that, uh, but really there's three people in the mix, and this, these results, 117 people voted on this, this surprised the hell out of me. Um, I thought Mobley and, and Bam Adebayo were probably on the outside looking in, Mobley's been super hot lately, uh, offensively and defensively, and he's gonna be an elite defender, I don't think he's quite on the level of these three yet. Uh, Brooke Lopez was <clears throat> far and away the leader because Jaron Jackson started the season injured. Then Jaron Jackson came back and was blocking shots at a preposterous rate. And so then it was Jaron Jack. It's Jaron Jackson's award to lose. And then Brooke Lopez just continued doing what he's doing, and the Bucks actually started winning, and he started getting more attention. Uh, once uh, Middleton came back, once they got Portis back, and they started clicking, I think they won 18 out of 20 or 18 out of 19, something like that. And so then Lopez started getting attention again. Then the Grizzlies started to struggle, and then John Morant's disappearing act didn't help. And so I think team success and team uh, failure has started to kind of muddy the picture up. The results of Giannis winning it this is not who do you think should win it which I think it should be Giannis this is who will win it and Giannis I don't think Giannis has any chance to win it. I think it's clearly going to be between Lopez and Jaron Jackson am I forgetting anybody in here maybe I am if I am let me know uh but I think it's clearly between Lopez and Jaron Jackson and I think it's 50 50 I think it's going to be Brooke Jackson or uh, Jaron Lopez. Jaron Lopez sounds good. I think Jaron Lopez Sr. is going to win it. That's what I think. I can't tell. I don't know. I honestly don't. I hope Brooke gets it uh, as a 50-year-old center uh, that was uh, always exploited on defense who sort of figured it out and started clicking it. So I hope Brooke Lopez wins it. Obviously, I'm a Bucks fan. So uh, that's it. I just wanted to share some poll results with you guys and kind of chat through that on this. Um, you're going to be watching this on a, on a Friday, March 31st. I don't know if I got that right at the outset, but you're going to be watching this on Friday, March 31st, so it's the end of the month. Hopefully, you guys had a great March in and out of the hobby. Uh, if you're watching the channel or if you're listening to this on uh, Spotify, I, again, now I'm on Spotify, Apple, and Google uh, Podcasts. I think on Spotify, you can actually see the screen, so I didn't know that. I thought YouTube was the only place where you could see a podcast, but on Spotify, you can see it. I don't know about Google and Apple because I don't know anything about them. Uh, I don't use those platforms, but I'm out there if you listen on those things. Uh, YouTube is the best place um, to digest my content because I screen share a lot. As you guys know, if you've watched the channel, if you're new to the channel, consider hitting the subscribe button. I'd love to have you join. We have a great deal of communications and discord and, uh, and back and forth 
on the channel and so uh the more the merrier and uh, i welcome everybody's uh, original and thoughtful comments to this video and every video that i ever produce i never uh look for people to just agree with everything i say i just look for people to substantiate and uh buffer their comments with uh facts and logic and uh everybody is certainly welcome to disagree just keep it clean and keep it uh relatively positive and no name calling i very rarely have to delete a comment but i will if i need to because some people are um you know assholes and so occasionally i'll delete a comment but it's very very rare you got to be pretty damn rude uh to get a comment deleted on my channel but i welcome everybody's input and that's kind of why i started this channel in the first place those of you watch know is that i didn't really have an outlet here in baton rouge louisiana there's just not that many people who collect generally and then even fewer that collect you know basketball cards and then even fewer that collect the type of basketball cards that i collect so the best friends I have in the hobby, save for one or two or three, don't live in Louisiana. They're all over the world, believe it or not, and uh, all over the country of the United States. So um, I started this channel to make more friends and just kind of share my thoughts. And, uh, you know, some of the videos I allow people to come along with me on my collecting journey. And I just show you what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And uh, I don't think I'm ever telling anybody how to collect because it's different for everybody. And my collecting journey has evolved so much. The stuff that I used to buy is so different than the stuff I buy today. And, and to be honest with you, it'll probably be different than the stuff I bought five years from now. And that's the beauty of this is that you can evolve and constantly just recycle your love for the hobby. There's always something new to go tackle. Set collecting, ultra modern, vintage, 90s, uh, one of ones, you know, uh, PC and different players. Add a new PC to your, to your, uh, your hobby collecting can uh, really invigorate and inspire you and get the juices flowing again. So... Um, all kinds of ways to collect and that's sort of why I make so many um, different types of videos for all the different uh, different factions of the hobby anyway thank you guys for watching hit the subscribe button click the like button if you like my videos consider passing a link to my channel along to one of your friends to join I'm always trying to grow it and uh, always easily accessible on Instagram at uh, Cajun Cardboard, Cajun underscore Cardboard, I think, on Instagram. I get messages all the time uh, asking questions and or just saying thanks for doing the content on the channel. I appreciate you guys watching. Keep collecting. Stay positive in the hobby. Peace.